Hello and welcome to the Distraction Detox podcast. I'm your host Cam Salvan, a coach, a writer, an anti-hustle advocate and a former extreme procrastinator. Are you into easy self-mastery, emotional self-regulation and unconditional self-love? Or have you arrived at procrastination station and are ready to hop on the first train that will take you far away and towards achieving your biggest goals? Then you are at the right place, my friend. On this podcast, we talk all about how to beat procrastination, avoid distractions, regulate emotions and find more ease on the ultimate path towards self-mastery and expressing your full potential so that you can avoid regret and reach your goals with ease. So if you have big dreams and don't want you to be the one thing standing in your way, hop on the train and let's choo-choo ahead. Hello and welcome back to the Distraction Detox podcast. I hope you're all doing well and I hope you came ready to be blown away because today's episode is important with a capital I. Today's topic needs a little bit of a personal backstory. So bear with me for a little bit there because I really want to paint a picture of how I came to the big realization in the end. And maybe it will help you figure out that you have the same problem or why you have the same problem. I don't know. We'll see. Let's get into it. So let me start this off by telling you that I'm an MBTI personality type ISTP. Now, you might or might not believe in the Myers-Briggs 16 personalities, Shabakal, but stay with me here because there's something interesting that I want to point out and I'm sure you will find it interesting as well. So don't worry, I'm not going to go into all the details about myself and my personality and who I am, but I will tell you that up until about five years ago or so, I used to be an INTP. So now I am ISTP and I used to be INTP. That's just one letter difference. But what does it mean? That's what I asked myself. I actually wondered that. And uh, because I had quite strongly identified with the INTP personality type back in the days. But now no matter where I do the test or how many times, I always get ISTP. I even paid for, you know, the official test with a psychologist just to see if it's really going to be the same outcome. And it was ISTP again. So I became intrigued with that difference because out of the four letters, the N and the S were the least graspable for me at that time. I didn't really understand the difference there. So N stands for intuitive and S for sensing. That much I knew. Now, let me just preface this by saying in all of the MBTI results, you're never just one or the other. We all have all of these traits in us. The letters just define which ones are stronger within you. I am more sensing now, but that doesn't mean that I'm not at all intuitive anymore, you know. But what does it mean to be more sensing or to be more intuitive as a personality type? How does it show? In what ways do I behave differently? So those are the questions I wondered about. And now we could go on and on all about the ways in which these two types are different. But let's try and sum it up for the sake of this podcast episode here. I don't want to hold you hostage here for hours. Um, What I figured out is that intuitive types, so those with the letter N in their personality types, 
um, they are more concerned with the bigger picture when gathering information. They are better at connecting patterns and, um, you know, interested in figuring out the deeper meaning of things. They often have an abstract way of thinking as well. While people with the letter S in their personality type are more practical. They like to gather information based on facts and what they can conclude from using their five senses, because that's, you know, what sensing stands for. But the really big deal for me was, and that's what plays into the topic of today's episode as well, that intuitive types are not that concerned with the details of things as long as they get the big picture. And they don't need to know all the details to understand the big picture because that's what intuitive people do. They intuitively get it, you know. And unless for some reason there is a need to figure out the details, they are more than happy to ignore them. And when they do want to figure out the details, they go about it from a point of, you know, kind of reverse engineering the big picture. While the sensing types, so me right now, We go about figuring out the big picture out of the details. So we start with the details, we gather the evidence, and then out of that we conclude the big picture. That's when I realized that all those tests were, in fact, right. And I also realized that I was more intuitive all my life up until roughly the age of 25, when suddenly... I wasn't anymore. (laughs) I would still see the big picture, but now it was all a little, you know, foggy and unclear without the details. Um, I was just not satisfied enough to understand the whole thing. I wanted to know how we got to the thing. I wanted to know the details. And I also didn't trust the big picture if I couldn't tell how I got to it. So if I couldn't tell, you know, the details from which it came, I didn't trust it as much. And where I saw it the most was that I suddenly needed all of these answers, but I hadn't learned how to ask the right questions. I wanted to know all of these details, but I didn't know how to look for them in an efficient way, because all my life, I didn't care about that. I was never the kid asking too many questions in school. I was the kid getting how it works, somehow, and figuring that it would be enough to pass the exam. Even ace the exam, because I got it. I was a really, really good student, but I never really studied. I didn't need to know what exactly the formula meant or how it got to it or who figured it out. If I could just remember it and use it where I intuitively felt it belonged and um, still be good, you know. And that is what brings me to today's episode, because asking the right questions was something I had to learn as an adult to be able to gather information properly, not just information about the things that, you know, I wanted to know, topics I was interested in, uh, but information about myself as well, you know, figuring out how I felt and um, these kinds of things. And I think that even if you are blessed with the gift of intuition, Knowing how to ask the right questions is an invaluable skill to have. By this time, you might be wondering what all of this has to do with procrastination, distractions, and productivity. Am I right? Well, only everything. Asking the right questions is where it all begins. To be able to overcome distractions and beat procrastination, you gotta understand why you behave the way you do in the first place. And I'm not talking MBTI here anymore. You know, we're done with that. Let's move on. I'm talking deeply understanding what makes you procrastinate, which emotions trigger you in any moment and make you reach for your phone and open up Instagram or YouTube or TikTok instead of doing the thing that you set down to do. 
if you were to work with me and I was a procrastination coach, this is where we would, where we would start. It's the first step of my system. Learning why you procrastinate and not only that, but I would be teaching you the necessary skills to figure it out on your own in the future when I'm not at your disposal disposal 24-7 anymore, you know, because you can have like a boost of energy when you're constantly in my energy or in, inside a temporary just boost of productivity overall, because we all have those, you know, especially when we have a little more time on our hands, you know, when you have a couple of days off of work and you're able to keep up with all the things you said you'd do. But the moment you go back to work, all of those good habits are out of the window or something unexpected happens and you suddenly don't know how to function, how to do the thing. Um, being able to identify triggers on your own and then knowing how to deal with them is what I'm all about. Because if you work with me, I want to make sure you are well and taken care of even when we part ways after a couple of weeks or months, even when you don't have me holding you accountable all the time, you know. So let's get into it. How do you ask the right questions? I had a lot of practice with this since the appearance of ChatGPT, actually, because my God, is that a gold mine of information if you know how to ask the right questions. When I just started using ChatGPT just to see, you know, what it's all about, I would just ask basic questions like, like you would with Google. Um, and, you know, it would get me basic answers, very often things that I already knew. And, but when I learned how to formulate a question in detail and ask for exactly what I wanted to know, the game changed. Suddenly it gave me info and resources within seconds that I would have, you know, that would have cost me hours of Googling in the past. I could even make it summarize the resources for me in the language that I wanted. It's amazing. And it's the same with you and your procrastination journey. When you're in that moment where you get distracted or that moment after you already got distracted, you know what I'm talking about. That moment when you remember vaguely that you started writing the next chapter of your book or you were, um, I don't know, about to compose an important email or create content for your social media or let's say you started studying for an exam, whatever the thing may be, but instead you ended up watching YouTube for three hours straight. And now you ask yourself things like, what the hell happened? Why am I like this? Why can't I focus? Why do I always get distracted? Why can't I just sit down and do the damn thing? Why does it seem so easy for other people? You, my friend, are asking all the wrong questions and you're asking them way too late. Now, here are some of the right questions to ask in those situations. What happened just before I picked up my phone and opened up the YouTube app? That's something you want to ask yourself. Or what did I feel the moment where I stopped working on the thing? Well, was the thought that made me want to go onto YouTube in the first place. You see, asking this after a three hour binge is useless. You don't know. Your brain has been overstimulated for three hours. You have escaped the uncomfortable emotion that made you pick up your phone in the first place. And now you don't remember it. Now you don't feel that way anymore. It has actually served its purpose of, you know, your binge has served the purpose of distracting you from that um, discomfort from that negative emotion. So now it's useless. You can't ask that after, after you've done it 
after you've procrastinated. Um, and of course, now you feel a whole different type of discomfort. And arguably worse discomfort because now you have practically wasted three whole hours. You could be done with the task by now or at least way, way further ahead in what you were doing. Now there's regret and regret tastes bitter. There is no way of flipping it really. There is no way of getting those three hours back, right? But instead of beating yourself up now when you can't do anything about it, what you can do is learn how and when to ask the right questions instead. Because despite what some productivity gurus out there will tell you about modern technology and all of that, 9 out of 10 times it's not the ping on your phone that will make you get distracted. It's not the evil social media engineers who do everything in their power to keep you on your phone. It's something from within. It's something inside of you. I'm sorry to break it to you, but yes, it's you. You can influence it. That's the good and the bad news. You can do something about it. You're not a victim of social media. You have agency and you can learn to take control of it. Because you see, if you were studying just before you went on your three-hour binge, chances are you picked up your phone or went onto YouTube on your computer because you came to a point where you didn't get the material. There was maybe something you read or saw that you didn't understand right away and it made you feel bad. Maybe it made you feel dumb for a second there. Or you felt that you study that your study session will be more challenging than you thought and it would take more time than you wanted it to take. Or it was just plain boring. All of those were possible emotions you felt just before you picked up your phone and went to watch your YouTube videos. If you were, let's say, writing an email or a chapter of your book, you might have reached a point where you had to look up a word and it made you feel a certain way about yourself as a professional writer. Or you might have written a sentence that didn't sound quite the way you wanted it to and you didn't know how to fix it in that moment. It made you feel inadequate. You might have realized that you didn't do enough research to write that chapter and that you wouldn't make much progress or at least not uh, on the level of quality that you're used to. And um, to deal with that very short but very real discomfort, you've picked up your phone and played a video to distract yourself. And you know what it is? You, you might not even have felt the discomfort that strongly because you're so used to distract yourself immediately. You might even uh, not even have realized that that's what made you go you know, on YouTube and escape the unpleasant feeling. You might not even have realized that you even said something negative in that moment and picked up your phone. Um, but remember this one thing. As human beings... Everything we do is motivated by the need to escape discomfort and pain. So if you do something you didn't plan to do, um, that you didn't even want to do, you probably did it out of the motivation to escape something that was unpleasant at that very moment. And the key to overcoming procrastination in the long term is to learn how to identify those emotional triggers and how to regulate them. Now with a Bad news is you will always have these things. You will always feel moments of discomfort and um, subconsciously do something against your will to escape them. But the more you use these skills and ask the right questions, the faster and more often you will be able to spot them and work through them. Like most things, this is something you will have to practice. And, uh, you know, the more often you do it successfully, the easier it becomes. And if you think it's really, really bad... 
you might want to get some help in the beginning. So obviously, <laughs> here I go. I do this as a coach. And for the time you work with me, I help you identify these things and teach you the many different ways on how to do it yourself. But I'm really not here to pitch myself today. Just came out because I actually do this. But you can absolutely go out there and talk to anyone you want to. You might even want to find someone you already know, a friend or a relative, and ask them to hold you accountable. Go through the questions with them. So I will give you, actually, I will give you a tangible exercise here. So just as I demonstrated earlier, notice the very moment when you reach for your phone or feel the need to go on YouTube or TikTok or whatever and ask yourself these three questions. So first, what was I just doing before I picked up my phone? Where exactly did I get stuck? It might very well just be intense boredom, you know, but ask yourself that. The first question, where did I get stuck and what was I just doing before I picked up my phone? Like exactly, not in as in I was studying, but like I was reading chapter one sentence, blah, blah, blah. And then read the sentence again and see how it makes you feel. Then second, ask, how did this make me feel? What were the emotions I experienced? And write down the emotions. You want to write them down. You want to write down you felt overwhelmed or um, frustrated, anxious, bored, whatever it is. And then finally, question number three, or like questions number three. What did I think in that moment? What sentence did I say in my head? Did I call myself dumb? Did I think, um, ugh, I can't deal with this right now. Did I say this is too hard? Or um, I don't know, this is gonna take so much longer than I thought. What was a thought, like a worded thought that I had before I picked up my phone and got distracted? Or it might be, you know, before I stood up and cleaned my room instead of doing this thing. It doesn't always have to be the phone. But write it down. Write down your answers to all of these questions on a notepad and put them aside. So this is important. There's no need to analyze them in the moment they happen. You just want to identify them. If you've written down, you know, I felt imposter syndrome or I felt overwhelmed, there's no need to deal with it right then and there. It would actually be counterproductive. It would be too big of a task. It would take too much time. What you do instead is schedule a time where you will think about it. I know this sounds weird, but schedule an hour later in the week when you will sit down and reflect on all of those things that you wrote down. Because if it, they distract you so easily, um, you're likely to experience them more often. So you might do this with a friend or a coach or on your own, but just really take it seriously and schedule it. On Thursday at 10 a.m., I will sit down and think about this. And then continue with the task you were doing right in that moment. So you might be less productive studying now after you've done this, but still just go on about your studying or writing or whatever it is for the amount of time you scheduled in for that day and leave that dealing with feelings thing aside. And now that might be difficult in the beginning, but it will be, it will get easier the more you do it because what you will have done in the moment that you write down your answers to those questions and you schedule a time to deal with them later, you will have given yourself a sense of, all right, this is taken care of. I have dealt with it. You know, I feel like this now, but I will figure it out there at 10 a.m. on Thursday. No need to dwell on it now. Move on. 
if you sketch like it it's not enough to just tell yourself i'll deal with this later because that's too that's too broad you don't know you don't trust yourself you can't trust yourself with that because you already can't trust yourself not to procrastinate but if you schedule in a time it gives your brain this uh, more finite thing it gives your brain this okay it's gonna i'm gonna take care of this then look at it there's proof that this is taken care of in some way and Remember, this is really the first step, but it's so important and it's non-negotiable. And if you think you can overcome procrastination without doing this, you are mistaken. Because it's not a, it's not fixable with a time hack or a new scheduling tactic or with learning how to focus better. You can add all of those things later. They're great tools to add later. But if you don't deal with the underlying things, with the feelings that make you procrastinate in the first place, you will always lose to them. You will always lose to the invisible triggers that have been commanding you for years. They won't just suddenly change with the purchase of a shiny new planner. You have to deal with them. And you know what? So if you really, really think you will struggle with this and you maybe don't want to talk about it with other people at first, I got good news for you. I've created a free resource for you, like a mini workbook that you can just download. And it has a bunch of questions you can ask yourself in an order that I think makes sense. And, you know, you can figure out the emotion that make you procrastinate in that way. This is uh, especially useful if you're someone who struggles with naming the emotions that you feel, because that's a thing. Some people just have a harder time calling the emotion by the name or pinpointing it um, specifically more than others so this mini workbook will give you the right questions to ask and provide you with a list of emotions to choose from that you believe describe your state of mind in the moment you get distracted the most so it's going to be like a little guide almost like working with me but not really with me but with the words i've written down you know and yeah you can find the link to this workbook in the show notes below or come find me on instagram at camsarvan at c-a-m-s-a-r-v-a-n and yeah i have it linked in my bio there as well but you can also just dm me the keyword workbook and i will send it to you send you the link asap all right so that's it for today this was a very like i feel i feel amazing about today's episode because this is so important i hope this was useful I know this is the first really important step that you have to do on your procrastination journey. And I hope you see where I'm coming from. Um, But yeah, if you think it was useful, if you think um, this was very helpful for you, uh, and if you'd like to express your positive feedback, make sure to give this podcast a five-star rating on Spotify or a nice review or on Apple Podcasts as well. Wherever you might be listening, it really helps a lot and it will win you my endless gratitude. And as always, if you want to talk to me about today's topic or you want to know more, feel free to DM me. I really mean it. On Instagram, just DM me at camsarvan at C-A-M-S-A-R-V-A-N. That's my handle. It's also in the show notes as always of this episode. I'll be back with a new episode next Wednesday and hope you all stay healthy and joyful. Until then, have a good week and talk to you soon. Bye!